0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There couldn't be a bigger contrast between Nicodemus last week and this nameless woman, except that they both encountered Jesus, and that's the point of their story. John wants it to be the point of our story as well, and that's why he tells these stories. She begins with the same reaction that the disciples have when they returned, no one in her culture expected a man to speak to a woman outside the confines of family and the privacy of home. How is it that you, a man, ask something of me, and not only a woman, but a Samaritan? And without going into the full background, just remember that Samaritans were ethnically and religiously suspect the Jewish people, You just didn't talk to those people. But Jesus did. Sitting by the well, when this woman arrives, he sees her. And while she doesn't see him for who he is, he sees her and speaks to her. A drink of water, necessary in the midday heat after a long walk, but that cup, of water quickly becomes everything that water can suggest in John's Gospel, in the Bible, and in our longings. He asks for a drink of water, but he can offer an ever flowing stream that is the grace of God, that surges up in hope, that is God's love poured into our hearts. Water that makes everything new. Born of water in the Spirit, we heard last week. Now we see it play out in real time, but she's not there yet. If you knew, he says, if you knew who it was that was speaking to you, you would have asked of him. She was pretty sure that even if she didn't know him, she had his number. What a ridiculous thing for him to speak with her. And you can imagine a Samaritan who knows Jews look down on them, and a woman who knows that men cannot always be trusted, she was having none of it, and for good reason, given where she stands. How is it that you, a man, a Jew, ask me for a drink of water? You're standing by a really deep well without a bucket or a rope, and you're talking about giving me water? A woman and a Samaritan, but not a fool. She saw a man, a Jew, and couldn't make out why he would speak with her. He began teaching in rabbinic style questions and parables, and still she was having none of it. You're not greater than Jacob. None of this put Jesus off. He had said, if you knew who it was who asked to drink of water, and he was ready to help her understand exactly who it was that was speaking to her. Jesus is not afraid of our questions, even our angry challenge. If you had been here, the grieving sister says by Lazarus' tomb, unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands, Thomas will insist after Easter. He is ready for our honest questions our heartbreak, our disbelief. Even when she asked, who do you think you are greater than Jacob? It's not too much to say that Jesus can take a joke. He certainly can take what we have to say. But if he is willing to let us ask questions, he will do the same. When she asks for what she doesn't quite understand, he turns the question back towards her. And there is a lifetime of stories in that simple comment about five husbands and the one who now provides shelter. It's unfortunate that commentators jump to accuse her of loose morals. She well could have been widowed more than once. And men, not women, had the power to put aside the commitment of marriage Here is a lifetime that probably had far more than its share of grief and loss. Because people can think the worst and will pull back from someone whose life is difficult, there is probably some imposed shame and isolation. And Without getting anywhere near the fallen woman croak that always misunderstands this scene, all of us carry guilt for things done and left undone? Jesus saw all of that in this woman coming to the well by herself at midday. And none of it pushes Jesus even one step away from her. None of it breaks off the connection that that first question established. And that is gospel news for all of us. A few weeks ago, there was something of a tempest in the churchy social media teacup about an ad campaign during the Super Bowl. He gets us, was the theme, and it tried to relate Jesus to the real experiences of people. Put aside questions about who funded it and what follow-up might have been better, but sit with that assertion for just a moment. He gets us. There are so many things that pull us back from the life-giving presence of Jesus. The things we've done or said that are wrong and hurtful, the burden of guilt they leave, the moral injury that remains when we are forced into a situation where there's little or no chance to avoid doing harm, the way that position and power and habits of mind can isolate us from his questions, or leaving us thinking that we can't ask questions we're supposed to already know. If a Samaritan woman wasn't ready to be taken in by a wandering Jewish teacher, the whole project of faith and trust in an unseen God can seem just as foreign to us some days. And any of that can weigh us down and hold us back from seeing who this man is and asking for the life-giving waters that he would offer. But none of it holds him back from us. Challenges and questions, guilt for what we've done, shame imposed by those around us, a restless and resistant mind, or fear and distrust, none of that holds him back from us. Stand with this woman. From challenge, question, probe, misunderstand, and redirect. And he stands with us. He gets us. And in his patient, relentless love, he stands there ready to offer us living water, life itself. The question remains, do we know who is speaking to us? The woman realized that there was something greater than she had imagined, his unsettling promise and his clear-eyed and open-hearted appraisal of her. There was something here, and she was ready to ask for whatever Jesus would offer. He gets us, and in moments when our questions find an answer, when our hearts catch that rumor of hope, when we hear him, we begin to get him. Pointing towards the future that seemed out of her reach, she comes to see that the one standing before her is the Christ, the promise fulfilled, God's own presence making this well bar any spot on a dusty road, the central temple of God's presence in creation. His hand reaching towards her is God's own mercy, and the water he offers is life. I am, he says, taking the fullness of God's revelation as the answer to his own question if you knew. And now she knows. She realizes what a gift he can offer and how his presence is the presence of the Father seeking her out seeking us out so that we can know who it is that speaks to us, and in knowing, our hearts will overflow in worship and our lives will be changed. The woman has a name. The early Christian tradition calls her Patini, and when she gets to know Jesus, she acts like fishermen who leave their nets or Matthew abandoning the tax booth. She leaves the water jar and returns to the city and brings them all back. Peter didn't bring that many. Andrew didn't bring that many. She brought the whole city back. Come and see, she says, a man who told me everything I've ever done. She met Jesus, so she had no reason to pretend anything. When we realize that Jesus sees us complete and loves us, there is confidence that allows us to be ourselves. Could he be the Christ? She asks them the question they will need to answer. We are called to live as Christians and as a church so that others end up asking if there might be something to all of this after all. The Eastern Church claims her as equal to the apostles. Legend has her going on to be a force in the early church until... She was martyred with her five sisters and two sons under Nero, but not before she had managed to convert Nero's own daughter. What astounding things happen when people encounter Jesus. How much God can do through any one of us. If we only knew who it was that spoke to us, who knows what would be possible. A cup of water leads to living water that overflows to eternal life. A bit of verbal sparring with some suspicion. And there is an evangelist who carries the word from that small village to the center of empire's power. He gets us. And when we can stand with him as he helps us to know ourselves, and as we begin to see him to imagine what unimaginable grace offers then we find ourselves capable of challenging cities and empires, capable of helping others see and know that this world has a Savior, the one who stands before us, who knows us, and invites us to know him. Amen.